Essence House After Show. Yeah. Welcome to the Essence House After Show. We're talking about episode seven today, which is called No Pressure. In this episode, Tim takes a dangerous gamble to get some answers. So tonight, joining me as always are the creators of Essence House, Eric Cockrell. Hey. And Chuck Pinot. What's going on? So chapter seven was nuts. It, it was, but before we get into that, do you mind if I kind of step up and talk about something? You know what? I think that's a great idea. Okay. So <clears throat> Essence House, I've had such a blast doing this. And, um, you know, the thing is, is that myself and Jess, this is just this is something that we've been able to be brought on to and really enjoy and, and kind of play in this, this really cool uh, uh, sandbox and whatnot. But at the end of the day, Eric is the one who brought the idea. Eric's the one who kind of, no, nah, you can do that all you want. Eric's the one who kind of brought this all up. And since tomorrow's his birthday, we just wanted to wish him a happy birthday in style. So, where the fuck am I? Here we go. We got balloons. What? Happy birthday. Wait, happy birthday. Happy birthday, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got, this one says baby boy. Yep, because you're his baby and boy. One, Aww. And this one says happy Ramadan. Yay. <laughs> you know me so well. I know, right? Thanks, guys. But seriously, <laughs> we love you. We're so glad that you brought us on this uh, this journey, which has been already so friggin' cool and just tons of fun. And so we just, especially with distance and everything going on in the world right now, we just wanted to give you some love and say happy birthday and make it special. Well, thanks. I love you guys. We love you, too. <laughs> no, she's got a beard at the table. I blew them all up today. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> I'll be right back. You have a balloon? <laughs> Eric's like, I've got balloons too. No, I think he's getting a beer. <laughs> I hope so. If he comes back with balloons, I'll be amazed. Oh, that would be pretty awesome. Or a cake. He's like, I have a cake here. <laughs> I got my beer. Yeah. Oh, you got a Canadian beer. Which, which also um, is has its own moment in our episode tonight. Oh, maybe Ooh. we should. Can, should we segue later? Or should we segue now? <laughs> I could segue to Molson Canadian all day long. You are not the only one. <laughs> they, if, they, if they were a sponsor, I would be the happiest dude alive. <laughs> Hashtag. What is it? It's called Canadian what? Molson Canadian. Molson Canadian. Molson Canadian. That's the shit. <laughs> I don't drink beer, so I don't know what good beer is. It's it's good stuff, man. It definitely is. <laughs> I grew up on that stuff. So, but episode seven. <laughs> Wait, so is that how the beer got into episode seven? Chuck wrote in <laughs> Canadian early on. Yeah, and uh, I, I I wrote Canadian beer in early on, and actually, if you notice, I never actually. I called it a Canadian beer. I've never said the the type. So I love that his head goes to Canadian because mine actually goes to Moosehead. Yes. That's my so favorite awesome. beer. 
So I kind of left it open. You you can pick your own premium Canadian beer and have some fun with it in your own head. But um, yeah, man, that, I mean, we had that in like what, episode two? It had to have been episode two. It was like really early on. Yeah. And so then, of course, um, when Barnabas had to hand out somebody's favorite drink, well, it was obvious to me what it had to be. <laughs> so should we do a little summary and go through the story? Yeah, okay. Um, I, I'll, I'll do this one if you want. He, birthday boy's drinking. Yeah. Um, Sip my red. So we begin with um, Tim and Tristan on their way back to Sands Point, New York. Um, Tim has a crazy idea. Tristan, obviously and intelligently, is against it. Um, Tim decides to do it anyway, pulls over the car, runs into the back, pulls out the, the walking stick. And uh, he ends up back in 1995. Turns out that, well, and the reason, of course, is that he wants to he he wants to know answers, and he feels like Barnabas is still going to uh, uh, give him the runaround wrongly. And so he goes back and um, ends up. It turns out that he is kind of his own reason for uh, everything being all messed up. And, um, yeah, so he barely makes it back to Sands Point alive and well, uh, thanks to some help. And when he appears, Barnabas is right behind him, beside him. They go back to Barnabas's place, and Barnabas proceeds to give him an awful lot of answers. So I have to say, like, I was so excited to get all these Barnabas answers. <laughs> I mean, like, to find out what we find out from Barnabas is just, like, everything is weaved in through the story beautifully to where it pops up and you're like, yeah! <laughs> um, oh, I know. I had questions for later, too. But right now... Oh, okay. Yeah, I just saw them. I was like, you know, um, and we find out that basically, can I say, I can say like Barnabas is working for Grandpa this whole time. Yeah. Yep. And um, and then we find out something about Tim. Yeah, I mean, everyone here, if they're watching this, spoiler alert, you, you've you've uh, you've watched or you've listened to episode seven, so you can say whatever you want here, hun. Yeah, this is a a spoiler centric zone. I guess it's already spoiler. So we find out that Tim basically is he's now like the, in charge of the essence. Yeah. yeah, yeah, basically. And that Barnabas this whole time. I mean, I guess since Barnabas has kind of been like the uh, I don't know what the word. The steward, I guess, for the Essence House, I guess would be the correct kind of way to say that's it. A, that's a neat way of putting it. And um, he, what would you say, Eric? Yeah, how would you how would you say he his involvement is kind of? It's like he's got like I mean he's got like basically a list of orders that he's playing out. So he's not like really making any calls or anything like that. He's just kind of 
going down the line and doing the things that he's been told to do for decades. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Stewart's probably about the closest word I could think of. Yeah. Like a major domo or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So, like, um, in this in the episode, I love the I love the scene where he takes the walking stick and goes and um, leaves Tristan, and he appears there in the alley, and uh, he appears there out in the street, and the little girl hits him with the bike and swerves out into like that whole thing was awesome. That uh, is where I I clapped, I laughed, <laughs> I was like, oh my god. <laughs> So that wasn't planned, um, and it. I'm I'm so happy with that scene because it speaks to what it, actually what, kind of what I was saying earlier uh, when I was uh, talking about Eric's birthday, and that is that Eric has allowed me to kind of play in his sandbox in a lot of ways. Now, obviously, he and I have created this together, but he tends to throw stuff up in the air, and I'm like cool let's do something with that like i'm so even like at the time i was like so what you know episode four i'm like what was all this stuff and he's like i don't know we're you know we're gonna we're, we we need to open up doors and we'll find cool ways to close them and so when it came to writing episode seven i was like i'm gonna close a bunch of doors and episode four for me where that was the point that i wanted to close a bunch of those and so that's really what I did is like episode four, we, we get it now, you know, like we, we understand that. And that was what I wanted to tackle and play with. And I couldn't have done that if he didn't do things the way that he does. And I, I love it. So, you know, as much as it's nice to hear like, Oh dude, what you did is awesome. I couldn't have done it if the door wasn't open. So yeah, man. And for the record, there's some of that, but most of what me and Chuck do is planned. <laughs> yeah yes yes obviously we throw those moments in but <laughs> well, those are, yeah those are smaller things that we yeah. then and and we've done it a couple times where we're just like let's leave this open we'll play with it later the thing is and i find kind of instinctually we just jumped to it we didn't sort of pick things out but eric seems to love he loves opening that stuff whereas i prefer to web everything together and so we've just kind of found that pattern between the two of us and so we're kind of taking advantage of it and having fun. Yeah, it's fun to create problems for Chuck to fix. And I love surprising him. <laughs> <laughs> Eric's like, let me get Chuck. What's he going to do with this? <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy this one, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Happy freaking birthday, buddy. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, oh, man. That whole thing was tons of fun because um, even as I was writing it, I didn't know 100% where I was going to go. And it all kind of – I could feel it coalesce as it all kind of came together. And I was like, oh, okay, that's why and this is why and all that. And then, But the stuff with Barnabas, we knew that Barnabas was going to come into play in that episode. That was something that we were going to do and that we were going to play with that. I got to add a couple extra things. I, I – I got to add the uh, the envelope, yeah, which was my little door that I threw out there and stuff like that. So, yeah, man, we this one was a lot of fun, um, and it's funny because as much as I wrote it, Eric wrote it too because I couldn't have done it if that stuff wasn't out there. 
it was it was a fun episode and i i like because i think it built a lot of the, uh, some of the lore it gave us more lore with what grandpa had set up with uh barnabas and now that um what is it the uh the essence guard yes the essence guard and that that stuff from day one like like yeah. that stuff with barnabas and all that stuff that's day one stuff right there yeah the essence house essence guard was the EGB was Essence Guard Barnabas in the first episode. Yeah, so. in that little the little text to the to the woman in the uh, in the shop. You know what's fun about the um, the last two episodes for me, especially thinking about it this week when I'm trapped at home, is the uh, that drive from New York to Chicago and back. Like I did that in the opposite direction this week last year. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's right. I, as I'm putting together like the audio and stuff for it, I'm thinking about like that trip. Oh my god. <laughs> a, that lot was of fun. a year ago when you even stopped by the um Yeah, the Amityville house and everything. That's right. That was a year ago tomorrow. So you actually did that on your birthday. You went to the Amityville house. Yeah. And um I went out to the um the pine Pinewood Bar or the Pine Barrens. Pine Barrens. Um where the Jersey Devils supposedly at um a year ago today. That's so cool. Yeah, that was a fun trip. And I saw my favorite band, Jawbreaker, um, a year ago tonight. <laughs> you had a great birthday last year. <laughs> well yep. glad you got it last year because this year it's not gonna add up. <laughs> I don't think you're going anywhere right now. You got balloons. <laughs> and thank God you can stream Amityville. <laughs> the Canadian beer is still around. Canadian hey, beer. there you go. You can go on virtual uh, what museum walkthroughs online. Yeah. There you go. Oh, that's cool. There you go. But yeah, the like having taken that trip recently was kind of cool. Well, and in this one. One one of the things that I love doing, um, you know, how Eric plays with me, I play with him. So I've been finding ways to put very weird sounds <laughs> in in the uh, and, and really like kind of screw with him and, and really force him to to have to like, oh, how am I even going to do this? So that horn blast from the truck, that's literally just there as a screw you, Eric. Have fun, Good luck. <laughs> dude. It was so good. Like, I know it's just an air horn, but it's not that. It made the scene so tense. And I felt like I was in the car and it was swerving across lanes. He really, like, nailed that. It was insane. Yeah, it made for a nice transition to, like, the next yeah. section. Because I could say I witnessed this, this section of the story read via Chuck without the sound effects. Oh, yeah. And then I experienced it today with the sound effect. So that seems a little different when you have a sound effect. Yeah. yeah. It's much more chaotic. It really, he really got this, this really good feel of like, we're jumping lanes and then the truck and everything I get. Something yeah. On that section too, that I hadn't done before was I kept all of the sound effects really loud throughout that whole section. Like I've, I usually keep them. I usually play with the sound levels until like, they're like, they're noticeable, but they're not imposing. But on that one, it like just felt right to just pump it up a bit, as long as you could hear the words. Like I yeah. yeah, 
I think it worked really well doing that. See, and then you get to do all these little like technical things with the audio and stuff that, you know, that, you know, adds so much more to the story. Even the, the time travel noise when they're in that argument and they're like, he's running out of the car to go over to the trunk and the time travel noise starts happening as Tristan runs after him and it's going and going. And you're like, what, you know, like the whole time, what's going on? What's going on? Like it was just, all of that was so well done and it really added to the, the chaos of what was going on. All of that was just really cool. It really shows you how much of a difference good sound engineering does and, and what it can do for the story. So like you said, I read it and it doesn't have the same, it doesn't have quite the same feel as when that sound was there. It was fun too pulling back some sound effects from episode four when he's there I have the little girl crying, and yeah, I was able to pull all those little noises in there. <laughs> was it the same girl? Yeah, I, just, I pulled this. I went to the sound file for that. So uh, <laughs> I, I had to rearrange them and use them a little differently. And um, there's he was he had some inner dialogue or something going on for a while, so I had to keep repeating her crying and stuff a little bit longer, but a little bit more toned down. It was, but um, that was cool. It was, it was funny because as I wrote it, I had episode four and I kept having to play parts. Where are they now? Where are they now? You know, like I had to think, okay, so where's Tim? And now where's Tim and Tristan? And so, you know, like when he, he looks down the alley and he sees them walk away. And then I had to, I took a line directly from the, uh, from chapter four. And then him watching and seeing them at the newspaper stand, like all that kind of stuff. I, I, I really had to go back and, and see everything that I had done in four and really kind of try to mesh it seamlessly. So in this one, I feel like this one, probably more than any of them in recent memory, was really a, a, a team affair where we really kind of had to, you know, I had to play with what you had given, then you were playing with what I'd given, and mm -hmm. it really, I, I'm really proud of this one because of that, because this really shows what you and I can do together when uh, when, when everything's working seamlessly. Yep. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I have to say it was a lot of fun to listen to the, because um, I always find it funny in time travel movies where, you know, you show up and then the other version of you is there. So I thought it was a lot of fun to listen to. And I assume, you know, I hear Chuck's process that it was, you know, you got to pay attention to details in order to make it work. Yep. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I didn't know a question was incoming. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, totally. One of, one of my favorite things to do now is um, you had mentioned at one point that you really enjoyed the um, uh, us talking about other mediums and including them. So now I, you know, anytime I'm writing, I try to see like, what, what can I add of the real world to put this in here? And I, I'm finding myself doing it almost every time, like working on eight. And I was like, what can I add? And I actually started with with something from uh, from uh, the real world right away just to to play with and really kind of ground us and I think that's that's some fun that we get to do because this is an adventure and it is 
very, you know, kind of out there. But by bringing that stuff in, it kind of reminds us, no, like this could happen, you know? Yeah, I always loved, um, I've always been into like shows with really cool like mythologies and stuff. Like my sister used to watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer and I'd, um, I I started getting into that one and just all kinds of shows like that. But like the real world stuff that happens in it, like it just kind of makes you like feel like this happened, you know, or like this could be happening somewhere. Like, like there's a reference I think in this last episode to Twelve Monkeys, and I was like, "Wow, that's such a '90s ass freaking movie." <laughs> <laughs> well, and I haven't seen that since like a couple years after it came out. It's been a while for me. So I had to go back, and I'm like, "Is this what I remember it being?" And so I had to look, and they're like, "Oh yeah, okay, all right, cool, okay, that's what I'm gonna." I that's when I, as I read it, I was like. I read the descriptions and stuff. I'm like, man, I have to rewatch that because I was young when, well, young. I was like, I, was, I think I was like 17 when I watched it or something a couple years later. Because yeah. I know what, I was obsessed with Brad Pitt at this point. Cut that <laughs> out, Eric. <laughs> nope. Really? I'm teenager. So obsessed with, I was so obsessed I, with Brad Pitt at that point. I know. So right? I watched. So I would watch everything. So I was like, even though he's not good looking in this film, I'm gonna watch it again. So I watched Twelve Monkeys a handful of times in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> even, <laughs> even when he's not good looking, he's good looking. You know what I mean? Like, like, dude, he. And and when he's not good looking, he's a really good actor. He is. Like yeah. he's just yeah, man. Like there's some roles where it's like. Yeah, okay, he's not looking too attractive here, but he's just doing awesome stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, still, 20 years later, we're talking about his work. Yeah, right? Like, it came out in 95. No. Wow. That's the year that they traveled to in our story. Awesome. <laughs> Perfect. Did you think of 12 Monkeys? Like, were you looking for a movie that would fit, or did you think of 12 Monkeys, like, for, like, and then you wrote it in. Like, how did when when I think of someone meeting themselves in time medium, that's it's Twelve it. Monkeys. Like, that's the first one I go to because it was that that like that ending was so huge and so ingrained in my mind. So that's just where my brain automatically went. Oh, shoot! Now I want to watch Twelve Monkeys. Thanks. <laughs> Man, so, I, okay, I'm gonna close the window because I'm looking at Twelve Monkeys things now. For the um, so we had a theory given to us in episode oh, four yeah. for the little girl on the bike. Yes. You want to read that one? Do we have it here? Oh. <laughs> I know it's in here. Hold on. We are reading it in two seconds. I would have had it ready, but I had to move computers. I know, and then I, I think it was in the chat, and then it scrolled down. So we had a comment from Wendy from episode four, and she said, "I think the invisible, I think the invisible man that pushed the girl on the bike was giving the Edmonds a warning." So, how do you feel about that theory, there, Wendy? Yeah, you haven't listened to episode seven. Oh crap! So are we spoiling the? We're like boiling the junk out of her right now. Oh my god, Wendy! I'm so sorry. 
I didn't realize it. I didn't realize no, this is how we're treating essential workers. Come on. <laughs> well, we're definitely gonna have to sit by and listen to it tonight. Yeah. I swore I had read it to her or she listened to it or something. I think when you read it last time, she no, I, I, when we when you read it to me, she came home, I think, just as you were finishing. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Well, your theory was not great. No offense. <laughs> it was a good theory. Sorry, it was a good theory, but it did not pan out. Now I feel like we can't. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we shouldn't talk about that anymore. <laughs> no, 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 no. She's actually about to. We're good. We're good. Okay. <laughs> Are you sure? Can I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're good. But when when we found out who it was and how it happened, it cracked me up. It really did. Yeah, yeah. I. I have. No, sorry. So, like, when I wrote that part, like, I. I don't really write stuff and leave them completely up in the air. Like I had thoughts as to who that might be and what that was, but I didn't really ever like put them out there because I didn't think we would probably get to it for a little bit anyways. And, um, and then Chuck, so Chuck wrote it in without talking to me about it. He's like, I'm going to close I'm doing this up I'm doing this. right now. Yeah. I loved it. So it was, it, he nailed it. So in speculation, Eric, who, who did you, I mean, did you, who were your thoughts? Yeah. I'm curious. I'm afraid that if I said it would potentially oh, lead okay. into conversation about other things to come, because okay. I didn't expect it to come up for a while. So. Okay. I, I, yeah. Okay. I That's think I have a reason. <laughs> okay. We'll keep that. We'll keep that. <laughs> uh, I had a, I had some fun questions, or I have a fun question. Yeah. So, if you guys had to cast oh, House, who would be your ideal cast? Crap, because we talked about this, didn't we? I told you I was going to get you with it. Yeah. yeah. But now we can't remember who I... Oh. No. Okay, so I remember um, Barnabas. I envision Christopher Plummer when I think of Barnabas. What do you think, Eric? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, do you remember who I said for Tristan? I do. I want to know if you remember. Oh, wow. Well. No, no, that's what I'm asking. <laughs> so for Tristan... Eric, this is what Chuck came up with. He came up with Adam Driver. That's oh. right. Yes. What do you think, Eric? Do you have a... Yeah, he's a good one. Hmm. I honestly haven't thought too much about, like... Not too much on celebrities, so I guess I, it's not really something that I thought about ever. Um, yeah, no, really, like... You're like, if anything, we're lucky to get B actors. <laughs> <laughs> They will be unknown. Um, who did I say for Tim? Do you remember? Uh, Tim, you had a couple. Tim was the one where Chuck had a couple. He had um, Chris Pratt, and he also had Bradley Cooper. Yeah, I think Bradley Cooper was more the one I was. Yeah, I was gonna say Bradley Cooper. I see more than Chris Pratt. Yeah, and then take that. We got we got the main people. <clears throat> 
Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, sorry. In my own. And, and you know what? It was just literally like we were hanging out and I was like, who do you think? And so I started just like kind of imagining because I hadn't really considered it up until that moment either. So um, even in writing them, um, I kind of like having a more vague idea of them or a more personal idea. That way anybody else can sort of put their, uh, their feel on it. Yeah. We've hardly described anybody. No. I think we ended up giving um, uh, Tristan brown hair and that was about all we did. Hmm. Maybe gave him an eye color too. I always kind of, I guess I have envisioned the two of them to be fairly similar looking like a strong family resemblance. Hmm. That makes sense. Only one would say a little bit younger, maybe a little bit shorter. Tristan being a little bit younger and shorter, maybe. How about yeah. Uncle Rick? Who do you envision? So Uncle Rick would be... Uncle Rick would be like in his late 50s, early 60s. Who's that guy from uh, the, the dad in... Um... Remember that show Valerie back in the day? <laughs> or um, what was the – there was a sequel to it with, like, Sandy Duncan or something. When uh, – who's that guy? Okay. You guys keep talking. I'm going to look up. Okay. I was like, I could look it up, but I don't remember this show Valerie. been a soap opera star. Oh, shoot. You know what? I can imagine – He'd have to be a little older now, and he would be a little older now. But the dad from the the Wonder Years, who Wonder Years dad, as Rick, kind of a little heavier. Um, oh yeah, really sort of. Wonder Years dad look like? I need to look at him. Okay. He's heavier. He's kind of disgruntled. He he never seemed like a happy man. Like even when he they were having happy moments, you're like, there's something else going on there behind that that facade. <laughs> no, now I picture Wonder Years dad as Uncle Rick. <laughs> <laughs> that works for me. <laughs> no, I just thought it would be fun to kind of go through the characters and just like do some fun casting. I agree. That's not Did we have any more questions or? That's what I'm going through, just checking if we have any questions or. Because I think all my notes were basically about, ah, Essence House Guard. <laughs> 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 so what I feel about the Essence House Guard is it like it's 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 a secret society, but with very few members. I think that's a fair statement. Yeah. Well, yeah. Course, yeah, we haven't even discussed. We know who is a member and who isn't, but we haven't really discussed necessarily the, the breadth. Um, but we've never, I don't think either of us have ever imagined it being a, a, a much bigger than kind of town folk and whatnot. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see where it kind of goes cuz like it's like there's so there's like a lot of lore we can get into, you know, and know like cuz like for me it's like immediately I'm like, "Oh, well, how long has the Essence House Guard been around? Is this uh is this solely in the Edmonds family? Are there different, you know, like 
And how, like, and what before prior to that, was it grandpa? Because it wasn't reveal in that episode that grandpa was in charge before, and then we handed over to Tim. So, was there a, a gap then? Or is it with time, it doesn't matter? I don't know. Like, I think it's kind of that it doesn't really matter. But, I mean, Grandpa gave all the dates and all the orders to um, – to, uh, Barnabas. Barnabas, thank you. <laughs> so, um, like, there wasn't really any need for anybody to be pulling strings at that point. Yeah. And really, I mean, in a lot of senses – Barnabas kind of was the leader. Yeah, he was like a de facto leader. You know what I mean? It's like, well, no one else is around. Tim's Tim's not ready for this. I mean, uh, Roland died before Tim was born. So, um, yeah, Barnabas had all that information even before Tim was around. So he's been sitting on this. I think we we worked it out like for like 50, 50 years. Can you imagine, like, sitting on information for 50 years, waiting to, like, it reminded me of um, this the scene, I don't know, in, uh, is it Back to the Future, where at the end, like, he gets the letter from the guy, and he, and the guy, like, we were wondering if you were going to get the letter, you know? <laughs> or who yeah. would get the letter? Like, I mean, he did have um, orders in between, like, Barnabas's death and then, though, because he knew... To show up in 1995 to yeah. save to bring Tim back and all yeah. that. So, and who and knows what else had he? He could have had some crazy adventures during that time. For all yeah. Barnabas spinoff, where Barnabas goes on adventures. No, it's it's a lot of fun, and it's like it's like when we first met Barnabas, it was like there's got to be something else. This guy's he's too he's too interesting just to to pop up for one episode. <laughs> And I think that was something that we, because I mean, even like the lady, she didn't really have a name. And, but I think both of us right away were like, Barnabas, there's, we're going to have some fun with Barnabas. Yeah. And actually, um, when EGB came up, we like, that's when we both knew, okay, cool. Yeah. We're, now we know what we're going to do with him. Yep. So back to where the, the old lady with the text message. So she's clear. She's aware of the whole situation. If she got the text from EGB, right? So she's kind of aware, but then I guess we haven't gone back to her yet. Not yet. No, but I mean, obviously she's part of it, you know, on some level because she got this message. She knows what, you know, she, if she got something that said EGB, then there's a good chance that she knows who that is and, and why. So, and especially even if you remember the message, I believe it basically said, you know, I, I don't want to paint myself into a corner, but I believe it basically said like, you know, it all starts tonight or something like that. Yeah. And I mean, it was funny while I was writing that one, I was like, can you imagine? It has started. That's right. Thank you, baby. I appreciate that. Can you imagine what it would be like to be in your 20s and then 50 years later be in your 70s and be like, okay, now it's happening. Yep. Like I've been sitting on this the whole time. And there's no way to hand that off or bring 
bring in younger people because what the hell is it? It's just a, a file and some envelopes and stuff. Like, yeah, it, it's basically all on them. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to ask you, Jess, you know, since, we, you know, obviously there's only so little that we or so much that we can answer. When Barnabas said, you know, there's not a lot left in the file. What did that say to you? To me, um, that immediately meant that at that point, for some reason, Grandpa Roland didn't go any further into the future to be able because to me, it seems like he went through the future. He was able to collect all these things because he knew what was going to happen with Tim to kind of set it up. And uh, to me, it means did Grandpa die? before he was able to finish or that was it. And at this point, Tim takes over and there is no information. He has to collect the information. So yeah. Cause we even, no, no, that that's, that's a solid theory. And yeah. cause we haven't even talked about how grandpa Roland died. Yeah. We so don't yeah. You just don't even, yeah. I know he died at some point, but yeah, no, that was kind of where I went immediately. I was like, Oh, well, it might all be Tim now. That might be the big thing. Like he doesn't get to know. Well, we're we're definitely leading you up to uh, to the end of this season, and we have some really cool stuff planned. Yeah. We have what three episodes left? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! When this started, the coronavirus was only a thought in China. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just nuts. It's just nuts. And we're here. Well, I mean, honestly, though, when this started, we were in the depths of winter. And I remember, like, hearing the first episode and hearing about Tim being cold and it being the first. And I was like, that's because it is right now. It's exactly yeah. what's going on. <laughs> and so now here we are, like, at the end of March. Episode seven's in the can and out. And episode eight is going in the can to go out. And it's just it's gone by fast and it's just like the amazing amount of story that we've gotten over this time. Yeah. It's gone super fast. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely catching up to us as far as, whoa, like, you know, when, when we got that first episode out, it was, it was kind of daunting how much more there was ahead of us. Yeah. And now it's like, dude it's it's all coming up like we're we we always had this big episode one or season one finish set up and it's only what's really neat about it is that as the season has moved on and on that has only gotten tighter and and more obvious in our heads as to what it looks like and uh it's so cool to kind of see that ahead of us you know what i love too is that by the end of this season um like going into next season like there's gonna be most of most of the mystery that's happened like we've presented we'll have wrapped up and we still mm -hmm. have so much more to go like for this this, this initial story i love that yeah. it's just yeah. it's just so well done that it just makes me want to know more and want to move on forward with the story um, do you guys find as you guys have been moving through uh, the process that it's just kind of getting easier or faster for you? 
Um, I don't know about easier because I think we've had to do more research since I got yeah. gone. Um, we've had to have more touch bases to talk about like covering certain things. Um, so I think writing itself it can be faster sometimes. I think because we yeah. have the characters' voices and yeah. I think the the real thing is is that like getting your paper, getting your pen on the paper, so to speak is the hardest part. But once it's on there and you start, it kind of comes together really easily because we've got so much of that stuff going on and because um, we we have kind of done our research and we know um, what we want to see in each episode, what we want it to look like. It's just about kind of working out in your head. What is, you know, for me, what does this this uh, episode look like and, and where are we going to end? And there's been some episodes where it's like, yeah, okay, so I'm having a tough time with this because I don't know how the next one starts. You know, like, I don't know how the next one starts or where we want to end. And so that was something that we kind of had to, like, you know, work through and whatnot. But um, I think um, our trust in one another has been something that I've enjoyed a lot because I have to say a lot of both of what we've kind of thrown out there especially when it's written, it's kind of like, Oh wow. Yeah. I love what you did there, you know? And, yeah. and I think we both have a really good idea of what this story is about. And I think that it's equal parts, Eric and Chuck. And it's, mm -hmm. it's something that, you know, we both recognize it sort of has its own life. And so there's some stories that you can tell in essence house and some you can't. And we just kind of know that. You just sort of like feel it out and you're like, well, there's no point in talking about this because that's not really what Essence House is about or what we do. And so, yeah, man, it just kind of has come together and it's been really cool to to feel that grow and, and come together. And even on the other side, there's a lot of um, a lot of ideas that we come up with aren't great. And we're good at saying, well, there might be something there. Let's hold on to that. And yeah. I think that pretty much every time we've done that, we've come up with something way better by the time we've gotten to that point. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, I think one of our favorite things is, look, let's pin that one on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll come back to that. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, we don't end up coming back to it. It's like, no, no, no. One of us has something way better than that. Like that, yeah. that was something that, that might, may have gotten us there, but that's nothing compared to what we ended up with. Yeah. It's just, and I think as it's gone, like, I think, um, you know, listening to it or being a consumer of the show, you know, it's kind of like watch, like just watching you guys work together and it's just very seamless. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I think it does help too, that there's a lot of parts of it that um, maybe more so early on than most recent episodes, but where like it would be handed off and Chuck might finish something I started. And yeah. there's a little more cross bleeding between like in the writing itself for a long time. Um, more recently, I think we've kind of, I think we just kind of got it down. I don't know. Yeah. Though really um, with these later episodes, I think there's not as much cross bleeding of the writing because we have a good, we, we've built that, those that that structure 
and we know what that episode's going to look like. So it's like, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily, like I, I didn't feel like I had to jump in and, and do very much for six. And it's the same with you and seven. Cause it's just like, no, they know what, you know, where we're supposed to go and what it's supposed to look like. Let them, let them have fun. Yeah. I'm having a lot and, of I mean, nine right now. Oh, go ahead. I'm having a lot of fun with number nine right now. That's going to be, yeah. It's going to be a fun departure. Man. But also answering a lot of questions, I think. Dude. Now, honestly, I'm I'm writing eight and I'm I'm enjoying it, but I'm I'm I really am more excited for nine. What 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 is coming up there and, and what we're playing with there is huge. Yeah. I just feel like that was just a big tease for episode nine. It was. Yeah, you feel right. <laughs> Do you want to talk about uh, number eight a little bit real quick? Set that up. That'll be. I can do that. Um, eight, more Barnabas, uh, more Tim, more Tristan. Ooh. And um, we get to see more about the actual Essence House. Ooh. And we we get to go a little bit maybe into its past. I would love that. I'm glad that's what you guys are doing because I would love to find out more about the past of the Essence House because I love to find out the history of things. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's more what eight is going to be about. You know, seven kind of set up them learning stuff. Eight is is more about that. Yes. Yes. I'm looking forward to it. I'm not looking forward to it ending. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be honest. Episode ten is mean. I don't yeah. want to hear that. Like that, that ending is mean. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> I mean, I expect it. I know I expect it, but man, I just feel like it's going to be like one of those like, how dare you leave us here like this? Yeah. And it's going to be the repercussions of it are going to be huge. (laughs) Yeah. Um, If there's any character that, you know, honestly, Mm -hmm. pretty much every character is affected. Oh, in that, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, this isn't like a, oh, it's the Tim show. No, no, no. Episode 10, there's repercussions and they ripple and everyone will get affected. So I guess, are we in episode, in season two, then we will see the repercussions? Oh, yeah. Immediately. Certainly. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, excuse me. <laughs> it's a curseless show. Yeah. Rated. Yeah, I mean, episode 10 sets up the entirety of season two. I mean, it, it really does. Like when it's done, you're just like, whoa. And that, you know, it's funny. I hadn't considered it, but you know, um, Eric and I have both said that we love lost. And what's funny is that every time um, a season finale of lost hit, it really did kind of go, you know, the answer to what happened at the end of that really was the, the whole idea of what came afterwards. And in that regard, I, I feel like we've uh, kind of followed that ideal. And so 
season two is is gonna rip with that. No. Gosh. Ah. Don't <laughs> tell me it's ending, and I gotta wait for season two soon. Well, you still got okay. a half. <laughs> okay. Right, like like, like a, a little over a week or so, and then you'll get you'll get to listen to eight, and I believe eight will um give you a better idea of what you might see in ten. Yep. Oh man, man, the the. The teasing on this is horrible. I'm just like, come on, man. Give me some story. <laughs> and that's what I love about Essence House is like you don't have to watch anything. You can like chill and listen to it. Yeah, and right now everybody needs. Exactly. And I think, you know, yeah. using your imagination, it's just really like taking that a lot more than sitting and staring at a show sometimes, you know. Yep. And I enjoy it, so I recommend people to listen to it if they've got nothing to do. You know, like throw it on while you're working. Yep. Send yep. your friends. <laughs> well, and as we've said before, if you know someone who you think will enjoy it or appreciate it, show it off. You know what I mean? Like, like suggest it, share it, and and actually, um, I've noticed we've had a fair amount of that. Like, I've, I've seen a real uptick of people sharing it and talking about it, and that's been. That's been really cool. Yeah. Um, even people that I didn't necessarily expect to. Um, I did a fair amount of um, marketing and um, jumping on on uh, like podcasts and stuff. And a lot of those people that we talked to, they're still sharing it. They're still talking about it and showing off. And that's that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Let's make it viral. Just keep sharing it. I mean, we don't even Are we allowed to use that word? Oh, I know. Oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> antiquated. Oh, Jesus Christ. Great. <laughs> now you have to wear a mask on the internet. Yeah. Uh, sorry. You yeah. might catch the essence. <laughs> All right. Well, you want to lead us out? <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us on ep oh, Thank you so much for joining us on episode seven of the Essence House After Show. Um, keep a lookout for episode eight. It's next week. If you're a Patreon user. Right. Yep. yep. And if not, you're gonna have to wait another week and then it's gonna be released on other podcast platforms. So thank you so much for joining us. And tell all your friends that are stuck in the house right now to listen to us, damn it. Yeah, I would. I would. Say. And, and stay safe. Take care of yourselves, guys. Yep. Stay yeah. safe and stay inside. Yep. Yeah, stay home. Take care. Peace Bye. out. Bye.